So now I have like $3,000 in refunds. And I'm like, this is my worst some- nightmare. Bunch of dolls. And I say, okay, I'm gonna buy you out for 10K. So we agree to that, I go home. The next day, Amazon bans me. I was gonna drive to LA so that I could ask him to work for him for free. I'm driving from Montreal. That is a 52 hour drive. So I, I roll down my window, he's like, are you okay? He sees me like sweating, drenched, sleeping in my car in a McDonald's parking lot and everything's fog. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, do I explain to this guy that I'm driving to LA from Montreal and I have no money and I'm sleeping in my car and I haven't showered? There's these bugs, okay? They're huge. And they're like, so I start driving, boom, boom. They start hitting my car like hail. What's up, everybody? Welcome to part two of my story. If you didn't already watch part one, go back and check it out. It's the last episode that we posted. You won't want to miss that. And anyways, this part two, I find is a lot better and more interesting, if I'm being honest. And I can't wait for you guys to listen to some insane stories. One of them in particular, the day I met my monk at the lowest point of my life. He pretty much nursed me back to health. I don't know how it happened, uh, but that story is absolutely insane. Another crazy story I can't wait for you guys to listen to is the story about me buying a business and then the business getting banned the next day on the marketplace that I was selling on. And then I ended up turning that business around and selling it. And you'll find out how much I ended up selling it for in this episode. So you're going to hear crazy stories like those two and a lot more. So I hope you guys enjoy. Okay, so I'll pick up where I left off on the last episode, basically, but I'll I'll backtrack a little bit. I was the last episode we stopped around. Uh, University of Toronto where I dropped out of school um, to pursue business full-time to pursue uh, entrepreneurship full-time but uh, I want to go back and discuss my businesses that I was creating back in the day like before I was even in UFT and initially what I was doing was online sales and I was selling vapes I don't know if you remember that selling like actual vapes online yeah like vapes like vapes and vape juice wow yeah that was didn't you get banned? Like, can I'm just I didn't get banned anything on that. Okay. It was a Luxo technology. Right. I remember it's true. I made your website. Okay, exactly. Yeah. You made my website? Yeah. Oh wow, that's funny. And then you went from the funny part is you went I don't know which transition it was, but it was either you did vapes at the beginning, like the fluids, and then after it was like everything. It was like all technology. Uh, you're selling like drones, like mini yeah, drones. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember you remember that. that. And this was, I was doing this, like it started before UFT and then it continued like throughout UFT a little bit. And what I was doing was initially I was selling only vapes. And then I, one of my buddies was like, hey, I wasn't getting any sales on the online store really because it's super hard to bring traffic. I learned that later on. It's like, it's super hard to start up a website and expect people to buy from you. Correct. Like, how are they going to, how are you going to get them to your website? Then they're there. How are they going to trust your brand? Like there's, oh, anyways, I won't go into like a whole masterclass on that stuff, but man, I learned everything. I learned how hard it is to do that. And so one of my buddies was like, why don't you sell on eBay? Cause you'll, you'll get a lot of traffic from eBay. And then once you, once they know that you're a, a legitimate vendor, they'll know your brand and then they'll go to your website. So I was like, okay, that's very smart. So then I started selling the vapes on eBay and it was going really well. Well, really well. 
was making like no money, but it was starting to pick up and I was getting some sales. And then I just realized like, I don't really want to sell vapes. I don't believe in it. I don't think it's a good product. I kind of hate it myself. And what were you like creating these vapes? Like, no, I was just buying oh, them like, just from China. Yeah, I was just drop shipping. Okay. I had no product. Also, that I was taking like a month for it to arrive. But anyways, I continued with the drop shipping, and then I did all those products. I tried this, all these type of different technology products. I was even trying to sell VR goggles. Yep. Uh, it was a uh, free just pay shipping. Yep. For VR goggles back in the day, I tried that campaign. Anyways, all these businesses sucked horribly, and. All while I was, I was doing all these things, and I was also launching a landscaping business with Ambro, one of our, one of my best friends, one of our friends, and um, and we just started one day. We're like, let's do, let's build a landscaping business. So then we started going door to door, getting clients. We had fly, we put out flyers, and we actually got a good amount of clients right off the bat. And we just went to, once we had the clients, we didn't really know what to do. We had no equipment, no truck, no nothing. Mm-hmm. So we literally just went to like Rona. Picked up a horrible lawnmower, but we we didn't know better. We tried to cheap out, got a horrible lawnmower. Tried our first day going to cut the lawns, broke down the lawnmower. Wow. So we go, we return it, we get another lawnmower. Go back on the job, breaks down again. There was not one thought that you guys were like, hey, maybe I'll invest into a good lawnmower considering my my business relies on this. Are you guys- Honestly, we knew nothing about business and that's... All these things taught me so many lessons about business. Right. And that was one thing. Don't cheap out on the equipment that you buy for your business. Yep. It makes no sense. In the end, we ended up probably spending 100 times more money. And we lost 100 times more hours because everything kept breaking down all the time. And it took us so long to do the job because the equipment sucked. It was the dumbest thing we could have ever done. And there was like a little loophole. We would just go to like Rona and Home Depot and we'd just return it and get a new one, return it, get a new one. And sometimes he'd go in, sometimes I'd go in. It was horrible. And then at one point, they literally, Home Depot specifically changed their policy. They're like, no more returning lawnmowers. They yeah, must have had every lawnmower in the whole place in the repair room. It yeah. made no sense. It was, we learned so many lessons because of that. That was one of our biggest mistakes. But we knew nothing. And anyways, the whole goal of that landscaping business was to create an app so that we could provide services at the touch of a button. That was like the whole thing. And so... And what, like, so services at a touch of a button, like you would connect people? So we would basically be like an Uber for services. Okay. Yeah. And we were going to start off with like landscaping, uh, hedge trimming, well, that's landscaping, all those landscaping related services. Then we were going to go into like diaper delivery. We were looking into diaper delivery. Yeah, because we thought about like, Very what unique. could we be, what could be easy for us to like list a bunch of products for and be like a necessity that people would like to order and pay more for because of the convenience. And we thought like, oh, diaper delivery. We had some decent ideas. Our execution was horrible and we knew nothing about business at all. Yep. So we end up trying to outsource getting this app developed. Long story short, we spend like, we, we do it for the first the first season after paying ourselves like barely anything. We end up making like 10 to 15K only divided by two people, mind you. But we ended up investing all of it into the app. So we kept nothing for ourselves. Then we ended up doing a second season. Again, trying to keep all the money to invest in this app. But then we, we just kind of like we didn't get along as business partners, really. Like, um, I don't know. Ambro kind of ventured off to build his current business, which... Yep. Good for him. That was a way better idea than staying with the landscaping. I committed to finishing the landscaping that season. 
And then we just kind of never launched the app because we just realized this is going to take a lot more than 10 grand and like half-assing this app. Right. So we learned about outsourcing everything. We also learned about how hard it is to build an app without bugs for the end consumer, right? Like we take it for granted that Instagram is so smooth or even we have bugs and we complain about Instagram, right? So imagine us outsourcing it to a guy in India that we could barely speak to for 10 Gs. There were so many bugs right. in the app. And then we just realized how hard logistically it is to provide services to anybody at the touch of a button. Of course, it takes a lot of marketing, a lot in coding, app development. But just to be clear, so you guys, all the money that you guys made from the landscaping business, you invested that all into the app. Correct? All of it. But at the same time, obviously, you know, you're working the landscaping business. Were you both at the time working jobs or was this your full-time job? For me personally, I never had, I didn't have a job since I was 17. And that's why I always had no money because I was always trying another mistake in business. I was always trying to make all these businesses. One, don't try to start 10 businesses that suck with no money. Okay. Yeah. Start with one thing and put all your time and energy into it. And that's one thing I learned from you and John with your, with your business. It clicked. I'm like, here I am trying to f- start 10 failing businesses and they're slowly but surely building on the current, on the business, same business that they've been working on for many years. So I saw that you guys were doing that, but at the time I didn't realize that. So that was a huge, horrible thing. The next thing is don't start businesses with no money and don't start a business where you need the business to make money for you to even live. Yeah, That is just the worst idea ever. Like have a little bit of a cushion, give yourself six months, a year of, of saving so that you could still live and not be stressed all the time about selling immediately. Cause then you're, you're just looking short term. How do I make money right now to survive? That's not how you build a good sustainable business long-term. It was horrible, 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 horrible. These were such huge mistakes right. that I was making. And, but yeah, so for me personally, I didn't have another job. So that's why I was like, I had savings, but I spent no money. You remember I spent yep. no money. I was even talking about this on the last episode. I spent no money. I never ate out. I never went out partying and stuff. I didn't spend my money really. And if I did spend my money, I did end up paying myself a little bit in the second season from the landscaping. Cause that time, at that time I needed the money, but at that time, Ambrose stopped working for uh, the landscaping company. Right. And he was doing his own thing. So then I, we had employees and a team that we were paying, but then I started paying myself for the work because the other partner wasn't doing the work. Right. So before we both didn't pay ourselves because we were both doing equal amount of work for the landscaping. Yep. But then after it was just me. So I spoke with him and I'm like, look, I'm not going to pay the employees, not pay myself, but then you're not here doing the work as well. So he's like, yeah, for sure. Pay yourself. So I was like, okay, great. So I started paying myself like 18 bucks an hour or something. I was like, I was making no money. And, uh, I finished that season and then I was just like, I'm never doing landscaping ever again. Now I- and now I see lawnmowers. I hear them. I, I see grass being cut. I actually, it, I have PTSD. A hundred percent. I have PTSD from lawnmowers. You know, like on a Saturday morning, you're sitting in your bed. Maybe you wanted to sleep in even. Okay. So you're not even awake yet. And then you wake up to like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know exactly. The landscaping what you're talking, noises. I, know exactly what you're talking about. I feel like I'm in Vietnam. You know what? I feel like <laughs> you know what? It's the same thing. I don't know about Vietnam, but it's the same thing for me. Exactly when a snowstorm hits 45 centimeters, and that one winter where I went to do like the hand shoveling. Yeah, with and that, Tony. Yeah, with Tony, and that was just, bro. 
that was just horrendous. Like stairs that you couldn't even imagine. Every time now I see a snowstorm and I see like stairs like that, I'm like, forget it. I did it for like that winter, but forget it. But to bring it back, so you guys, so you did your, so you, you started off with the website, right? Yeah, Trying yeah. to sell things online. Didn't work out. Then you said, you know what? What can we do? You partner up with Ambro. You guys start the landscaping business, end up hating it. So you end that season. So now you invested the $10,000. What happened to that $10,000 in the app? Did you guys lose it? Did you guys recoup well, we, it? Well, we paid it to the guy and, and we just, never launched the app. Okay. So it went to, it went to garbage. So then what happened? So after that, what happened next? So then simultaneously, as I'm doing all this stuff, I'm still pursuing the online sales alone by myself, right? And at this point, I'm in University of Toronto. And what do you mean by that online sales? By selling online? It's still the eBay and all that? Is that what you're talking to? Um, about? No. Well, it changed. It was still eBay to a certain extent. Like on eBay, I would try to sell like... Um, I remember there was like this doll that was out of stock. Okay. It was like this cool little doll. I don't know. And it was like around Christmas time. It was yeah, just yeah. before Christmas. And I saw that this thing was exploding in sales, but nobody had it in stock. And I was looking at articles and they were like, kids are disappointed because their parents can't find this product in stock, whatever. And I go on like AliExpress, which is like the cheapest place to get things from China, but you buy one product at a time. And I'm like, okay, hey, let me drop ship it to people on eBay. So I list it on eBay and I'm selling them for like three times the price. And I'm freaking making like good for the first time in my life. I mean, first time in my life. Yeah, it is the first time in my life I'm making decent money, but it wasn't even good money. I made like a couple thousand bucks. But at the time I was like freaking out that I was making a couple thousand bucks. And I was like, I just, I hit the, I hit the jackpot, whatever. Anyways, fast forward, what ends up happening is these products take so long to ship because they probably ended up manufacturing them in China when I ordered them because they were completely out of stock everywhere. So obviously they didn't even have it in stock. So by the time it arrived, it arrived after Christmas. So everybody was getting a refund. So now I have like $3,000 in refunds. And I'm like, this is my worst nightmare. Bunch so, of dolls. So what do I do? And this is all while I'm doing, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still... Because in the first season, this is still first season. Sorry if I'm confusing you guys, but this is still the first season of landscaping. And I left towards the end of the first season to start University of Toronto. So I'm no longer working at it. And Ambrose doing more of the work in the first season towards the end. Well, he's doing the work because he's there every day and I'm not there. But it was really the employees going out. So I was doing still kind of as much work as him because it was more management at that point. But he was still there every day in the morning giving the guys the equipment and stuff like that. So anyways... So at this time, just to give you clarity, I'm not doing the landscaping work because I can't right now. And then, and I remember when all this happens and I have like the negative 3000 in my PayPal, I start calling PayPal and I'm, I must've been on the phone with them for days. Like if I add up all the hours I spent on the phone with their support, I must've been on there for days. I knew exactly how to get to like the top level manager. I knew that I would have to bust the guy's balls and tell him I need to speak to your manager for X amount of time before I got to the next guy, before I got to the next guy, before that guy could just tell me, okay, fine. We won't, we won't, uh, we'll just, we'll take the reef. Like we'll, we'll end up taking the loss and refunding the seller and we won't take the money from you. Yeah. And you could keep the money. And I had to do that because I had no way to pay, to pay it. It must've taken me six months to get them to not want a refund for all that amount of stuff. It was horrible, horrible, wow. horrible, horrible. Again, another lesson learned. Like, don't sell product that you don't have. Don't drop ship from China and, and deliver three months later 
or two months later. That's just, it's never going to be a sustainable never. business. Okay. You're competing with people like Amazon and stuff like that, where you could get things in a day. Just don't do that shit. It's horrible. I was learning all these lessons. I also learned what value does my business bring? It's nothing. Also don't over promise and under deliver. Don't take people's money before Christmas when you know they're ordering gifts and then don't deliver before Christmas. Yeah. All these things I was learning horrible mistakes. And then that's when I finally decided to start a new thing where it was Amazon. Then I started selling on Amazon and I started teaching myself with YouTube videos and I and I I learned how to find profitable products that were selling on Amazon that I could then get from China, but then ship them to Amazon who would then ship my products to the clients with prime shipping and stuff. So they'd get my products quick. And then I still could build a real brand because I would put my branding on the product and then ship it to Amazon. Mm -hmm. So th this actually was like my first successful, no, it wasn't successful, but legitimate business with all these things I learned as time went on. So I start doing this and I started selling I started doing pretty well selling drain cleaners on Amazon. Right. And at the t and then fast forward, I drop out of, of University of Toronto. I'm still doing the Amazon sales. And then I'm working during the days doing the landscaping for the second season. So then I, th those are like the two businesses that I have at the time. Okay. The Amazon sales and then the landscaping. Then now just to drop it out of school because I know for Amazon, was that one of the toughest decisions that you had to make or you were just, you knew that school was not for you? To be honest, at that point, I don't know if I touched on it last episode, but when I was ready to drop out, I was so depressed to be in school at that point mm -hmm. because I realized that my whole life was spent getting into this school. That's the number one school in Canada. This is what my parents told me I needed to do to become successful in life, to make money in life. And then I get there and I'm like, I'm not learning anything related to entrepreneurship, anything related to legitimately building a business right. that makes money. Even in general, I'm not learning about anything about how to make money in the real world. I just, I was just shocked that I could get better education online than the number one university. But don't get me wrong. If somebody is studying to be an accountant, I'm sure they got a great education. Of course. It's it like just a doctor, for, right? Yeah, you're a doctor, gonna, a lawyer. Like, yeah. okay, you're going to get a way better education going to an institution, a university. You know what I mean? For me, it was entrepreneurship. I was even in the entrepreneurship club and it was it was students that were running the club. Right. And I remember I was so excited. I was definitely the most excited and entrepreneurial one there. And, but I was the youngest because I'm first year and these guys are, are the last year of university and they're the leaders of this group. And the guy goes, I remember the day he goes, so what do you guys want to do? Because it was just kind of, they were, we're all around the same age. They were kind of just like, you know, we'll take your input and we'll decide what to do. And I was like, I looked around, I was so confused. I was like, aren't we starting a business? Like, isn't that what we're here to yeah. do? Anyways, everything was just backwards for for an entrepreneur and a business so owner. So that was kind of like when going through that process, you were like, you know what? It's not for me and you're ready to go. Yeah. So after the first semester, I was like, I am ready to go. But then I decided I was ready to go and I decided I was dropping out no matter what. And I decided I was going to follow through with the, the, the second semester and get all my good grades um, and get through it so I could, nobody could ever tell me that I didn't do it or that I couldn't yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I remember I was mentioning yeah. this last time. But then one of the hardest things was telling my dad, 
I had to try to convince my dad to give me his, I just wanted him to give me like his blessing and say he believed in me that I could go and start my own business and make something of myself. And to this day, we laugh about it because he's like, yeah, you did amazing. You should have definitely not stayed in school. It's amazing. But at the time, he did the not time. believe in me. He thought I was a complete degenerate. Yep. He thought I was a complete bum. He thought I didn't know anything that I was doing. Every single day, I would get into fights with him about not going to school and about why that was the biggest mistake. And he knew I always wanted to make a bunch of money. And so he would tell me, that he would go through lists of the richest people in the world. This guy has an education. That guy has an education. Yep. And I was like, those guys dropped out of university. Like Facts. most of them dropped out of university. Facts. Anyways, it was a losing argument all the time. And I don't blame him. Actually, he should have seen how driven I was and how I was still educating myself. But mind you, they came from a different time. Like internet and stuff didn't really even exist when my dad was growing up. My so, dad still doesn't know what I do. Yeah, exactly. Still doesn't even understand what you do. I mean, my dad understands now because it's real estate, but yeah. before with the Amazon and stuff, he was like, what is this kid doing exactly. with his life? What a loser 100%. selling drain cleaners. 100%. <laughs> so you dropped out, you have the Amazon business going, and now what happens? So I have the Amazon business going. Simultaneously, I'm still running the landscaping business. And I decide after that season of the landscaping, the second season, because I was doing most of the work at that time, I didn't want to continue it the next year and we were making barely any money. It was basically enough for me to pay the employees and pay myself 18 bucks an hour. And that was all that was, we had no money left over after that. But we weren't investing in the app anymore at that time because we realized everything was going nowhere. So then I ended up selling that business with all the clients to Tony, one of our dad's one of our best friend's dads, because he had a landscaping company and he was helping us a lot with like advice and things like that. He ends up buying it for like a thousand bucks. Plus our truck that we bought, he ends up buying it all of it for like 2000 bucks or something. It was horrible. Anyways, the lessons that I learned were worth millions of dollars. So I'm super grateful about all these experiences and these failed businesses. It's just funny at the time that we really sold it for nothing. And then I kept pursuing the Amazon full time and I decided this was the one and only thing that I was going to put all my time and energy into. And then the Amazon actually started to do pretty well. But I had another partner, which is another one of my close friends at that time that I started that business with. And again, it was similar. He had a job and he was working and I didn't have a job and I was doing it full time. So I was putting in the majority of the work, I felt like at least, I mean... Mind you, maybe he would admit it. Probably he would. But I'm just saying, I know for people listening, you're hearing only my perspective. But I was at the office every single day. That was all I was doing. And he was working as a, as a waiter and a busboy. And then he would come at night. And he would come in stone sometimes. No offense. Maybe I shouldn't say all these things. But anyways, he was coming in stone and I would get into fights and I'd be like, you're, I'm going to be working here. I'm working here all day, putting all my blood, sweat and tears into this one thing. And if we don't do well, I literally don't have money to pay my bills. And you're out there all day doing things to pay your personal bills, putting in nothing into this business. And then you're going to show up stoned and be a fucking melon when we're speaking and trying to run this business. I couldn't handle it. I was like, I'm speaking to a retard. But when I used to smoke weed, I also used to be a retard. So don't get me wrong. Maybe I shouldn't use that word either. But anyway, uh, this is the honest truth about all these things. So one day I decide, you know what? We're, the business is doing pretty well. Why am I giving 50% up of it when I'm doing 90% of the work? Let me buy them out. And 
I make him an offer, even though I don't believe he should get anything really to be bought out. Right. I was, I wanted to be on good terms with him. And regardless, I wanted him to walk away being happy. I didn't want him to be sad. And I didn't, especially didn't want it to get even more successful. And then I regret what had happened, you know? So I offer him $10,000 to buy him out. And we were doing pretty well, but to profit $10,000, like, that was still significant for me, you know? And I didn't even have $10,000 at the time. It was just like the business was coming to the point where I knew I could pay him off in like a couple of months for 10K because I had faith that I was going to bring it to the next level. So I commit to him and I say, okay, I'm going to buy you for 10, I'm going to buy you out for 10K. And he's, he's sad, but then he realizes he's about to make 10K and he probably wasn't going to make anything close to that by being in business with me because just because we were reinvesting it all back into the product and paying ourselves nothing right because there was not much room for profit and and it was very expensive to have the product like to to have inventory and ship it to Amazon and make sure you're always in stock so anyways he knew that this was good for him especially because he wasn't even putting that much time and energy into it so we agree to that i go home the next day amazon bans me oh. they ban my product they say that drain cleaner the reason they banned me is because wow. they were saying the drain cleaner, it has chemicals in it, and I don't have the document that allows me to sell these chemicals and make sure that they're safe for consumers to buy. So they just banned me on Amazon. So my revenue goes to zero oh the next God. day. It was so devastating. And then I call my buddy. I'm so depressed, and I call him, and I'm like, how am I supposed to pay you? He ends up saying I still need to pay him. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. But I told them, okay, I'll pay you half, pay you five grand, but I'll pay you monthly. And I'm, I'm not even going to do this Amazon thing anymore. Right. And that was a huge life lesson for me as well. A lot of the things, I learned a lot of things and that's why it made sense to me to do Amazon because it was my own product, my own brand. I was getting it to consumers quickly through Amazon shipping program. I had, uh, I was, um, I had decent margins on the product. There was a lot of traffic on Amazon, so I was benefiting from that traffic. I was learning so much from all my other businesses, and that's why I thought it was good. But one thing I missed is that Amazon has all the power. All. All the power, and instantaneously, they could take it away from me. And when I, I sat up that night, and I came to the conclusion that I was thinking, what can I do next? What can I do where I have control over it, where some nobody could just take it away from me overnight? Stocks a company could go bankrupt and your all your stock is nothing is worth nothing. Um, selling on any of these platforms, they could close you down. You're screwed. Anyways, the list goes on and on about all these types, all these different types of businesses where overnight you could lose everything. Yep. But I thought, well, what can't that happen with? It's highly unlikely for it to happen. Real estate. Mm-hmm. And then it clicked. I'm like, Oh my God, all this time I have been trying to start all these businesses that have barely made me any money this whole time. And the one thing that ended up making me money and was the reason I was able to make no money with these businesses was because I made profit selling my initial condo and I made 60 grand from that sale. Mm -hmm. And then I put it into another property with my siblings and I made even more money there. But the 60 grand that I made, I ended up giving my brother half my shares of that condo and he only paid me like 10 grand for it. And then... He took his 30 grand. I took my 30 grand. I paid myself five. He paid himself five. And we put the other 50 into another property with my dad. 
and so I'm looking back at all this and I'm like, that that five grand at the time sustained me. Then I, we, uh, I asked for a loan for my dad against, a, or not even a loan for my dad, a loan. My, my sister, I ended up selling shares of the second condo to my sister. So she paid me 12 and a half grand because I put in 25K into the next property. And then... So that, and then I got another 12 and a half grand as I'm going through all these businesses. Right. So that was what was sustaining me. Other than that, I was making really no money for my businesses. Right. So all this clicks and I'm like, holy shit. The only thing that has made me money and allowed me to lose all this money all these years has been real estate. And it's the only thing that nobody could also take away from me overnight. And I just was kind of, I was super happy and excited that I came to that realization. But I was also so depressed that it took me this long and losing all this money because now mind you i had to sell half my shares in my first property so i only got 20 i only got 30k instead of 60. it's to my brother and i love him so i'm super grateful about it but i'm making these connections mm -hmm. and then i end up taking the 25 putting it in another property but then i sold half to my sister who, who gave me 12 and a half so now again i'm losing half of that that uh, that equity so i'm super disappointed again even though i'm super grateful that my sister got it and everything ends up working out in the future so i'm even more ecstatic that everything ended up working out but just to say i'm making i'm connecting all these dots and i'm like wow i i could have even made more money with real estate it was just that i was taking it all out to invest in shitty Into failing businesses. businesses. Shiny spoon syndrome. Shiny spoon syndrome, but uh, it was like non-existent spoon syndrome almost. I, yeah, exactly. I, I didn't even like I didn't even pursue real estate at all. It was a side gig that was making me right. all my money and sustaining me throughout all these years while I had no work. And so then when all that clicked, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna learn from somebody who's killing it in real estate. And that's how I, I met this guy, John Williams. Yep. And I told him, I ended up one night with Nick, we're at dinner with Nick and his father and his brother and your brother's ex-girlfriend. And I remember, I'm like, I decide that night that I will be driving to LA. I'll be paying this guy to, to teach me in LA. And my whole big plan was that I was gonna drive to LA so that I could ask him to work for him for free. And then when he said yes, I was gonna sleep in my car. And I thought, how could he not say yes, even though I don't have any knowledge or experience in real estate, when I'm driving to LA, I'm driving from Montreal. That is a 52 hour drive. Yeah, that's insane. I don't think people really understand. No, I don't think you understand what 52, a 52 hours. 52 hour drive. And 52 is. hours is saying no stops, no resting, no wrong turns. Yeah. No. So it's like a three day trip. Dude. It should never be a three-day trip. Think about how many hours a day you would have to be drive, driving for it to be a three-day trip. Yeah, you're right. I did it in three days, bro. Yeah, you're right. My math's I slept, a little off. I slept five hours, not even, like three hours. One of the times, I'm sleeping in the McDonald's parking lot, okay? And one of the employees sees that the car's on. I'm sleeping, so I don't know what he's seeing, okay? But I'm just sleeping in my car, whatever. And I'm dirty. I haven't showered. Like, this is like midway to This LA. is midway to LA. And... A guy, I wake up, tuk, 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 tuk. my my windows are all foggy because it was cold. Like it was just cold. I don't know what the actual science behind it. I don't know yeah, yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah. what the temperature had to be, but everything was foggy. And I remember, so I, I rolled down my window. He's like, are you okay? 
He sees me like sweating, drenched, sleeping in my car in a McDonald's parking lot and everything's fogged. He thought like maybe I passed out and died because of the fumes or something. Right. He's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, do I explain to this guy that I'm driving to LA from Montreal and I have no money and I'm sleeping in my car and I haven't showered? Yeah. Do I explain this to the guy? Did you? No. <laughs> I was like. I looked at him like, I'm sorry, man. Uh, thank you so much. Take care. And I just, I kept driving. And so that's why I barely had any sleep because anywhere I would sleep, I was so afraid that somebody was going to rob me or something. I was so afraid. But was that not your first thought when the guy came and knocked on your window? Were you like, holy shit? Yeah, I was like, I'm going to have to fight for my to, life. Yeah, I'm going to fight to the robbed. death here. Yeah. yeah. There was even one time at the, on the trip where I was looking for gas and it was like, I think I was driving through Colorado and I'm looking for gas and I couldn't find gas. And I was just like, Every, when I was, I was on the highway and I was looking to the left and right and there was no lights, but it came to the point where I was like, I literally need gas. Otherwise I won't make it. So I have to get off at one of these exits. I can't imagine that they don't have gas. So I get off at the exit and it's pitch black and there's nothing. Right. Okay. And I see a depener and it's like, it looks like an abandoned depener. And I get out of my car and I'm like, I'm going to die here. For sure, I'm going to get killed right now. I just felt this vibe in my stomach where I was going to get murdered or something. There was nothing around. I had no gas to go further. I couldn't go back to the highway. I would have lost all my gas. So I'm fucked. So I parked the car. I turn it off. I'm just standing there waiting for a human to show up. No humans are showing up. I'm looking at this, this is what, empty on the side of like the highway? Or on like the side, like off the highway, off you the get highway. off the... Yeah, and then yeah, I'm in yeah, yeah. like a little... Off-road, yeah. Off-road, yeah. And I, so I see a depreneur, so I'm like, there's got to be things around here, but I can't see anything. And then I just decide, you know what? If I don't keep driving, I'll never get gas and I'm fucked. There's either I keep driving here and maybe I find gas or I get back on the highway and I for sure never make it back to the highway and I'm screwed there and you I have no gas. You didn't think of like, hey, let me just put closest gas station on the GPS? Was that not a I thought? don't even think I had service. Oh, okay. I don't even think I have service on my okay. phone because I'm in like the wilderness over yeah. here. No, I'm telling you, it was a disaster, dude. If I, it was I that listen. simple, I would have done it, I promise. But also, if I put gas station, actually, maybe I did have some service in spotty locations, actually. I probably did. But then what was happening is, where was it? It was too far. Right. The gas station was too far to drive to. The ones that were further down the highway that they were on Google Maps because they're known in known places. Right. Okay, that's why it's on Google Maps. These other ones in these little towns, they're not on maps. Or at least I hope they wouldn't be on maps and there would be something there because I had no other choice. Yeah. Otherwise, I was just going to get stuck on the highway anyways and I wouldn't be able to get to a gas station that I could see on my map, you know? And I remember I started... So I get in the car and I'm like, fuck it, I'm just going to keep driving down these roads and hopefully I get a gas station. And I'm driving and there's these bugs, okay? They're huge. I don't know what the hell these bugs were. They were freaking huge. And I'm driving through them and they're like, duh, duh, and it clicked. I was like, oh my God, that noise is these bugs. That's how fucking big they are. Yeah. So I turn off my music and I'm freaking out. So I start driving, boom, boom. They start hitting my car like hail. Dude, there was bug juice all oh, over I my car. It. I remember I'm wiping. I it like dented it. It dented my, not only did it dent my car, if we go see, now my brother drives that car, if we go see that car to this day, it has bug black spots all over the front of the car. Nobody would know what those are, but it was, it's literally fried bugs from that drive. 
wow. fried bugs, and I tried getting it cleaned at a car wash. They do not come out. They got fried on my vehicle because I didn't wash them the whole time, and I drove. I kept driving, and the heat just like plastered them onto my vehicle. Right. Anyways, these things were exploding on my car. I felt like you know in the Bible when they they tell you about like the what are like those events that happen in the Bible that are horrible. Anyways, for sure, listening, they're like, you're an idiot. It's that. That's what it is. Those crazy events that happen. Yeah. And like, um, anyways, I'm thinking, oh my God, this is God telling me I'm about to die. Like, this is it. Like all these bugs, the bug juice, I'm putting the wipers and the bug juice is just going <laughs> on the thing. I couldn't even see where I was driving. And, and it was still pitch black. For... There's no light. And I'm still looking for gas station. I do not know how I end up getting to a depreneur. And the gas station, I didn't even know if it was a gas station because I had never seen such an old, like, pump technology, yeah, pump for gas that I wasn't even sure it was gas, but it, I looked like it. It was just kind of like a thing sticking and out. And there was no one, like... And there was no one. So then I go into the depreneur, and there's, I'm like, hello, hello, and there's no one. Then finally somebody comes out, hello? And I'm like, oh my God, I've been looking for gas, this and that. He's like, oh, no problem. He was all confused. Like, what the yeah. hell is this guy doing here? Anyways, he had to turn on the pump because that's how old the gas thing is. You got to like turn it on for the person to use. I go outside. I put in the gas. I'm so grateful. I leave. This was the crazy things that I was going through on this car, on this car and, ride. And I'm telling you. one time did you ever think, like, I'm just curious. Wouldn't have it been cheaper for you to fly? But I told you the whole logic. Yeah, one, it wouldn't have, maybe, it, yeah, in the end. Because at the end of the day, gas, you're still paying for the gas. Yeah, it would that have been cheaper for somewhere. sure. No, guaranteed it would have been cheaper. But the reason I did it was so that I could sleep in my car and I didn't need to pay for a living. Because right. well, my parents even offered me, they would pay for my flight and my hotel. Because they were just so afraid that I was going to go on this trip and they thought I was going to die, you know? I thought you were going to die. Everybody honestly. thought I was going to die. Honestly. I've had I every relative I've known was calling me thinking I was going to die. I think, it's at, I think it's at like the same time that you even like buzzed your head. And oh, I was man, just like, that was messed up. And that I was, was messed just up. like, that was, at that time I was like, he. I was for sure at the lowest point of my life. Yeah. I committed to paying off one of my best friends and, and um, my business goes to zero and he still wants me to pay him. I have no money in my bank account. I've sold shares in two real estate purchases that I've made. And so I'm losing so much money from that just to be able to spend the money to live and do these businesses that have made me no money. So now I have nothing left to show for it. I have, I drop out of the best university in Canada. My parents are, they think I'm a, I'm a failure and they pretty much know I'm a failure at that point because I have nothing going for me. It was, I was depressed. I was in a horrible place. I was out of shape. It was just, everything was bad. And I, so there was some times on the drive where I was like, I might die here. I'm going to, I'm driving on these mountains. I'm thinking, how are there not a pile of cars on the bottom of these mountains? Some places in the US, it's nuts. There's no railing and you're driving around a mountain mm -hmm. and it's a highway on a mountain. It made no sense to me. There were so many, there were so many times driving on that trip where I was like, I don't think I'm going to die but I don't know how I'm not going to die. <laughs> that, that's what I was thinking. Anyways, so then I finally get to LA in three days. I don't sleep. It was insane. And I get there and everybody's so happy that I get there. But now I'm there 
and I'm thinking, what am I supposed to do? I need a shower. I need to figure something out. So I end up seeing, I check on Airbnb just for fun. I'm like, I'm not going to do it, but let's just see what the cheapest one is so I could shower and stuff. There's one for like $30. So I'm like, oh my God, this is this is a snag. I got to take it. The place looked brand new, nice. I'm like, okay, let's do it. I, I buy the Airbnb. It ends up being like 50 bucks with all the fees and stuff. I get to the place. I realize it's it's a new place, yeah? There's like 30 people in the place. <sighs> bunk beds in the rooms. Like, when I say bunk beds in the rooms, I don't mean one bunk. It was a hostel. Yeah, it was a it hostel. It was a hostel in a new house. Right. And this guy's Airbnb like to 30 people in this house. And it's all, everybody has a bunk bed. I I wake up the next day. I look to my right. There's this guy looking at me on oh his phone. Oh, my God. I... I was contemplating my existence. I couldn't have been more depressed at this point. I'm, I don't even know what to tell people that I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Like, like everybody thinks I'm a failure. Everybody thinks I'm making mistakes. Horrible. Anyways, I finally meet the guy that I'm supposed to meet for real estate. He ends up teaching me nothing. It was the most informal lesson ever. We're like driving around the cities, just pointing at things, talking. I'm trying to write notes. I learned basically nothing. I end up telling him I want to work for him for free. He tells me no. He tells me he has no wow. work for me. I'm like, what do you mean? I'll go door to door. I'll knock. No, I don't. I don't have work for you. Horrible. So then I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, do I drive back <laughs> after I just drove here? <laughs> and how long did you stay with him? How many days? It was two days. Two so days. I was there for three days in LA. It was the worst thing and in the world. you just... Nothing. You guys just hung out. We hung out for a day. Thank God he hit me up the next day. I knew he felt bad. He realized, oh my God, this guy drove all the way here. This is horrible. Yeah. So he hits me up the next day because he feels bad and we go watch like a, a performance. Mind you, he doesn't know how bad it is for me at this point. I'm right. trying to act like I'm actually still making money without the businesses. Of course. It was not, was not at all. So I, I hang out with him that next night, him and his wife. It was a good time. And then I'm I'm... I'm thinking to myself, it took me three days to get here. First off, it should take any human being like two weeks to get here. It took me three days. There's no way I'm starting my drive back, one. But then two, if I do, what a failure I am. What, it's, it makes the whole story even worse to my family and friends that, that already think I'm a failure, you know? So then I think to myself, I'm like, what else could I do? I have to stay here for a bit longer. What else could I do? So I was reading this book at the time, Autobiography of a Yogi the autobiography of a yogi. And my buddy who I was in business with in Amazon, he gave me this book and he told me that apparently Steve Jobs gave it to everybody when they, when he, before he passed away, he gave it to all his closest friends said, you had to read this book. So I read this book and I get into the style of meditation and I get into this way of thinking and stuff. And so, and then I realized that their temple is in LA. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I have nothing else to do. I'm going to go to this temple. So I get to the temple. I get to their main temple. And it was the craziest thing. I'm going up this mountain in LA. And I'm going all the way around the mountain. They're at the top, top, top of the mountain. It's not like Beverly Hills. It's more, it's still in that like super expensive real estate LA area. But it's not Beverly Hills at all. But it's a hill like that. And they're at the top, top, top. So it's beautiful overlooking the whole city. Right. So I'm I get it. I get out of my car. 
and I park on the street and I start walking in. They have these two big gates. And I I had I signed up as a member online for this and I paid a hundred bucks, but I did that like six months ago before coming. Okay. But so then when I get at the gate, they didn't want to let me in, but I'm like, I'm a member and I show them my card and they're like, oh, okay, you're a member. Then you're actually allowed to use the premises. So I'm like, okay, fantastic. So I, I start walking. Wait, in. wait, wait, wait. You just signed up six, like six well, months because ago? Because when you sign up to be a member, they gave you courses. Okay. So I, I, so I got those courses okay, and I signed okay, up. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. And then I, I start walking through the gates and there's this little guy so far away and he just starts waving at me. And and I was so depressed and not in a good and not confident that if now if that happened, I would look behind me and see like, is he waving at me? Is he waving at the other guy? And I wouldn't feel embarrassed if I looked behind me and then I saw he was waving at somebody else. Right. I would have just been like, oh, okay, of course he's waving to somebody else and I would have moved out the way and he would have went to go see his buddy, you know? Mm-hmm. But at the time I was so self-conscious, so not confident that I didn't even want to look behind me to see if he was waving at somebody else because I didn't want to look so stupid that of course he's looking at somebody else. That's how detailed I was thinking about how shitty I was. You know what I'm trying to say? Like that's how depressed I was that these little tiny details I was so self-conscious about. I was thinking this guy's going to think that. He's going to think that. He's going to think that. That's all that was on my mind at the time. Anyway, so I don't look behind me and I look up again. The guy keeps waving. Um, and he's walking towards me. So now you clearly know it's you. No, I still don't. I still I start walking like to the other side. I'm like, this is the creepiest right. thing I've ever experienced. So I keep walking. I look up again. He's like 10 steps away from me. Then I'm like, he's like, hey, brother, where are you coming? Start speaking to me. I, at that point, obviously, now I know he's talking. He's legitimately talking right. to me at that point. And... Oh, actually, no, before he reaches me, I turn to another lady that I saw because she wasn't waving at me or anything. So I go up to her and I tell her, I'm a member, what can I do? And she's like, sorry, it's all closed, I'm sorry. It's all closed, you can't see anything, it's too late, it's all closed. And I'm trying to plead with her, you know, why is that? And that's when I realize he goes, hey brother, how's it going? So I look to my right and it's that guy waving at me who's now there. And then he he asked what's going on, and I explained to him, you know, I'm here, I'm a member, I'm trying to just see the temple and stuff, I'm just here in the area. And he was a high up monk in the in the temple, and so he told her, oh, he's with me, it's okay, I'm gonna handle this. Right. And then she was kind of, I could tell, pissed that that just happened, where she was telling me to go, and then he comes in and just allows me to stay. But anyway, she's like, okay, whatever. If he says he's going to take care of you, no problem. Just know that you have to leave by this time and whatever. And then she left. And then he starts talking to me. Hey, how's it going? And this is the monk. This is the monk. And he's just talking to me about things. Why are you here? How's it going? I don't know why he was so happy to see me. He was just so happy to see me. But it's not one of those crazy, I'm not trying to tell you this crazy fairy tale story where he's like, Michael Bucci, I know exactly who you are. You're meant to be here. No, he was just a super nice guy who ends up talking to me. And for some reason, for for the first time in so long, I felt so comfortable with him. He starts bringing me around the temple and he's showing me things that people were not allowed to see in the place. He starts bringing me up in the temple. I could tell everybody was kind of pissed when they saw where he was bringing me because nobody was allowed to go there, but he's a high enough monk that nobody was telling him what to do or not. And so he's bringing me the the, the yogi in the book that is writing the the book. He's, which is like their, 
I guess, Jesus for Christianity, you know, it's like he's like their Jesus, even though this guy believes in Jesus and he believes in... Yeah, he's at the highest all, level, yeah. He believes in all these other gurus as high, like he believes in uh, the Buddha, he believes right. in like Lord Krishna, this guy. But anyways, this was the head of their religion. And he's showing me his shoes from back in the day, he's showing me where he slept in his room. He's showing me the view from his room that gets all downtown LA. So all of a sudden I'm kind of feeling a lot better because this whole time everything was just horrible. And now I'm seeing these cool things that make this trip even worth it, right? So now it's in my head, I'm thinking maybe this is why I came. Maybe this is what makes it worth it. I end up, he sits down with me and he, well, actually, no, he brings me to this glass shelf of of all these kind of trinkets from this guy that they all kept from all these years. And it's been like a hundred years that they've been there or more, whatever. And one of the things he, s- he shows me is this letter. And I, I can't remember what the letter said. I got to pull it up. I for sure took a picture of it. But it said something like, don't worry. Everything ends up working out in the end. Wow. And I just start crying on the spot. And he's like, what's wrong, brother? What's wrong? Sit down, sit down. I sit down on the couch wow. and I'm just bawling my eyes out. And he's just like comforting me. He just has like one of his, his hand on my back and he's just like, Rubbing my back, like, it's okay, brother. It's okay. You like could cry. You could cry. Yeah, it was for me, it was like a relief. Like, I was like, is this God telling me yeah. that everything's going to work out? I just start bawling my eyes out. I couldn't believe it. And then I, I just start opening up to him. Right. He's like, why are you crying? Because of this. I have no money in my bank account anymore. I came all the way here. My business is failing. Everything's going wrong in my life. And I just start opening up to him. And then by the time I was done, I finished crying, whatever. I tell him all my stuff, I open up, and I just felt so much better. I felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders because I I was ho- I was hoarding that in and nobody knew. Nobody knew I was going through these things. Not Nick, even though we're best friends and arguably I told you the most of everything. Yeah. You had no clue. Nobody knew anything that I was going through. So he was the first person I told. I just end up feeling so much better. And then I I end up, I thank him, whatever, and I leave that day. He ends up calling me the next day and he says, brother, you have to come to this three-day retreat. It just happens to be starting tomorrow. You have to come. And I'm thinking, I can't come. He's like, please, brother, you have to come. Are you still here? I'm like, yes, I'm still here. He's like, you have to come. And you're thinking yourself like, well, I'm thinking to myself when I hang up, I'm like, if I don't go, then this whole trip was definitely not worth it. Right. Like if why don't I stay? At least buys me three more days, so I don't go back in in three days. I stay another three days, so it's as if I'm staying for a week now. Did you have to pay for this place? But well, at first though, I'm just thinking. I don't. I didn't have to pay, but I didn't know. But even before I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm. I might get murdered. You know, 100%. I don't know this guy. It's this creepy thing. Is he gonna recruit me to some crazy cult? thing am i gonna get murdered in the woods i had so i'm thinking that side too and then i i realized i'm like well if i got killed or murdered it's not much worse than this life you know that's how bad it was i swear to god i was thinking like that and i remember this is when i knew i had to go i'm sitting in my car and i'm sweating in la i'm like taking I'm, i'm telling myself i'm sitting i'm parked on the side of the street of like downtown la and i'm sitting down in my car i have my car like i have my car seat back I'm, I'm trying to take a nap to like think about this whole thing and decide what to do. But I was just so tired. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take a nap. I have my luggage in the back seat opened because I changed in the front seat, grabbing my clothes. 
And this guy walks by my window. My window's cracked like this because it was so hot in LA, but I didn't want to put my AC. So I just had my window cracked a bit because I didn't want somebody to like beat me up or rob me was when they see my windows fully open. And some guy walks by with his girlfriend. He just knocks on. No, he doesn't knock on my window at all. Sorry. He just walks by and he points at me and he goes, ah, look at you. What the fuck are you doing, loser? And I wake up from the nap, from that, from him laughing at me, pointing at me and his girlfriend laughing at me as they're walking by me. And I'm sweating like crazy. I'm drenched because it was so hot. And I just woke up from a nap. You know, those hot, disgusting naps, Yeah. especially you're outside napping in a car. Well, I haven't personally done that, but. Well, you know, I, when I you can, wake up I, in your yeah. bed and you're all sweaty yeah, yeah, and yeah, hot, yeah, yeah. imagine that he's, I'm, I'm all sweaty, it, yeah. disgusting. This guy's laughing at me with his girlfriend. I'm like, I hate myself. I can't believe this. So I was like, you know what? I got to go. There's nothing to look forward to in my life at this point. What am I going to do? I can't go back. And I had this like knot in my stomach where how I can't go back and see even look my parents in the eyes. Well, what am I supposed to say to them? What am I going to go do? Work at Dollarama? I, I, I have no skills. I don't know where I'm even going to make money. I can't. I could not go forward again to try to keep running my own businesses because I had no money at this point. There was no more shares to sell. There was nothing. I had nothing. So I decided I'm going to go to this to this retreat with the monk. I have some crazy stories of that retreat. I don't know if I should go in. I think I'll go into those at another episode. I'll, I'll do like the whole retreat with the monk on a whole different episode. But that retreat really helped me a lot. I'm meditating a lot with him, even though I almost left the first day. And then there's this crazy story of this guy that ends up not the monk, another monk that was there younger. When I'm about to decide to leave, he ends up approaching me and and convincing me to stay, even though I didn't tell him I wanted to leave. It was the craziest thing in the world. But I'll tell that, I'll leave all those stories for another day. But after the three days are up, I still felt like shit. I still had super, so much anxiety. I still was depressed, but I just felt a lot better. And I became super close with that monk. And then I decided I'm going to drive home after that trip. There was nothing more that I could do at that point. I couldn't take sleeping in the car anymore. I had slept inside at this place. So... At least I was showering for the past three days and stuff. I was I was just I was not gonna delay driving back to sleep in my car more to then drive back and sleep in my car on the way back. I was just I decided I was gonna go back home, and I thanked him because he knew everything I was going through and he was like, "It's all gonna work out. Don't worry, it's all gonna work out." So then on the way back, I was I thought to myself, you know what? Now I will. I have to just change my mindset. I can't keep digging myself this grave over and over and over. So I started thinking, okay, let's start feeling bad for myself. How do I get into real estate now? What do I do? So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm listening to podcasts, real estate podcasts, audiobooks, all the way back home. And I'm thinking, what can I do? What can I do? And then I think to myself, okay, one, I'm going to try to meet everybody in real estate and I'm going to, I'm going to figure out a way to get into real estate. So that's the first thing I'm going to start meeting people that are in real estate. But then I thought to myself, well, what am I going to do before that? Because I have no money and I have expenses. I had my car to pay for. I had, uh, I'm still living at home, but I had other expenses that I had to, that what else did I have? I can't remember. I think I maybe still had my office for Amazon. I had to pay Dylan off my, one of my friends. So I knew that I had to make some money. So then I came to the conclusion, you know what? I'm going to become an Uber driver so that I can make the money and then I could still pursue real estate, okay? So then I dec- I start doing all the research and I figure out, okay, to be an Uber driver, you have to first go in to Uber 
and like sign up to be an Uber driver. Then you have to start doing exams. So as I'm, I, I commit to that. So I feel a bit more comfortable, even though I'm so embarrassed. Cause I'm like, am I going to pick somebody up that, that I know? You know? Oh, that was the biggest thing. I was like, I started thinking to myself, I'm going to, I'm going to pick people up at four. Like I'm going to do shifts where nobody I know could right. be available. But then I started thinking, what if they're coming back from downtown or something and they're out there? Who knows? Right. I just had a feeling I was going to get pick somebody up, but I, I had no other better choice. So I decide, okay, I'm going to drive back. I'm going to drive back and do that. But now that that's confirmed and I'm driving to Uber, okay, I could put that aside now. Now and let no me go disrespect back. to the Uber drivers. No disrespect to Uber drivers, but it just for me, for it you. was my pride 100%. and my ego. At 100%. the end of the day, that's all it is. If you're doing that to make money, God bless you. Now I realize I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I still give a fuck what other people think, but I don't give a fuck like I used to give a fuck. Yeah. Okay. And so then. As I'm driving back now, I'm calling people to introduce me to people for real estate because that's all my focus because I know for money, I'm going to get Uber. My godfather, he hears all the stories and he's calling me throughout this whole process because my parents were so worried and they told him to call me. Saying, we're speaking about it this whole time. And then he tells me, you got to meet one of my best friends. He's, one of, he's, a, he's a big developer here in Montreal. You got to meet him. He's in real estate. So fast forward, I'm... I'm as I'm trying to meet people in real estate, I'm back home. As I'm trying to meet people in real estate, I'm signing up for Uber. I'm taking my classes. To this day, I should probably show my ID just to show how true all this stuff is. If you go look at my driver's license, okay, I'll pull it out right now. Uh, where's my driver's license? My driver's license, okay. On the back, it goes class S, taxi, vehicle, automobile, de moins de... I'll, I'll just translate in English. It says taxi and then vehicles of less than 4,500 kilograms and something else. So I could drive taxis and trucks, basically, like wow. smaller, medium-sized trucks. You have to like, pay an extra fee for this? I had to take a whole nother exam. I went in, I took a whole nother exam. I had to pay like 300 bucks that I didn't have again to get it. Like I legitimately did this to get my taxi license that I could wow. drive a taxi. It was insane. So okay. you get to the... And look, just you want to read it oh, so I, you can just prove you. it? I, just I, so I, you could they believe me. I don't know if I should show my ID on camera. That's yeah, why. you should probably blur that. We'll, we'll blur that out. You see it? Yeah. You're ta- what does it say? Read it. It says, Taxi vehicle automobile de moins de 4,500 et habitation motorisée. See, so that just it, means you can drive a fucking taxi. It's legit, eh? It's legit. Uh, okay. So, uh, Adam, we're gonna we're gonna blur that out. Yeah. Fully, his address is in there. <laughs> so then I get this taxi license, but then in the meantime, I'm meeting different people in real estate, and I remember that the morning comes where I'm meeting this guy that my godfather told me to meet, and and funny story actually, I think that the real story was that my dad asked my godfather if he could introduce me to that guy because he remembered hearing that that guy was doing good but he didn't know much about the guy and then my godfather said yeah for sure i could introduce them and that's how i got introduced and so i remember that morning when i woke up i was still so depressed man i'm still making no money and i'm still trying to even be an uber driver imagine imagine how many nights i'm going to bed thinking i'm still not even an uber driver like i'm working to be an uber driver i'm studying to be an uber driver it was (laughs) devastating and And people don't understand like this is not this story from it's not like a one month this is years yeah this is all years all this This is years and but what's funny is that everybody who knew me was like michael's doing so good 
Michael has his own business. Yeah. He's making money. He's cool. He drives an older Mercedes. Yep. People don't see Everybody about, thinks he's everyone, cool. Everyone only sees from the outside. Yeah. So I mean, so many people probably around our neighborhood are listening to this thinking, what? I don't. They probably don't even believe what I'm saying is probably true. Probably not. But it's 100% true. I'm not over-exaggerating. No, I, I, I can vouch for it. Brutal. Brutal. So then... I go and I, and that morning I wake up and I don't even want to go meet him because I'm just thinking, you don't want another, I don't want to see people. I don't even want to do things, but I just decide I have to go. There's no way I'm missing this thing. So I show up to the meeting and I start speaking to him. We're at a restaurant expectation in, um, in Mount Royal in the shopping center. It's super nice place. And I'm there. Uh, I'm speaking with him and he's telling me everything he does. And at one point he goes, yeah, so we have uh, like two billion in assets, and I'm like, and I I just say, oh wow, that's great. Yeah, like and you I just keep going. It, like, no, I didn't even click. I just said, yeah. oh wow, that's great. Like this guy's really rich, you know. I didn't really click. And then he notices that my reaction wasn't that intense, not in an egotistical, arrogant way. He genuinely noticed that I'm not really understanding the level that he's at. Right. And I appreciate that because I didn't understand the level what, that he was at. And then he goes. Two billion dollars in assets, like we're one of the largest developers in the city, and I was like, "Holy shit, two billion! I always say I want, I want billions, I want trillions. I would always say with all the boys. And now I'm like, this whole time I'm looking to learn from somebody, and this guy is waking me up, telling me, "You dummy! I'm literally, we have two billion dollars of assets, and yeah. it's our family." And I, and then this, he keeps talking about the story, and I'm now I'm really engaged, freaking out. And then the meeting's coming to an end and I just think to myself in my head, there's like this crazy voice. It's not a joke. There was actually some sick voice in my head, but we all have thoughts in our head. So yep. it's just my, that, those thoughts were super loud in that moment thinking, ask him to work for you. Ask, tell him you'll work for him for free if he teaches you what you know. Tell him you'll work for him for free if he teaches you what you know. And I just, we're about to get up and I just go, if you teach me what you know, I'll work for you for free. And he's like, What? I could tell you, I just caught him so off guard and he starts like kind of laughing and he's just like rubbing his chin, like thinking. And he just goes, come to my office at uh, 9 a.m. Monday morning. And I'm like, what? He's like, he's getting up, putting on his jockey. He's like, come to my office uh, Monday morning, 9 a.m. I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, I swear to God, I'm going to be there. Like, are you actually serious right now? He's like, yeah, I'm serious. Come to my office Monday morning, 9 a.m. And he's like, kind of laughing because he realizes I'm just shocked. And I just, I got you I'm like, okay, guard. okay. I just start running up the stairs to leave. And I'm like, take care. I'll see you Monday. And I'm like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. it's finally happening. Something positive is finally right. happening. I'm going to learn from this billionaire. And it's going to be insane. And then Monday morning comes. I get like a new suit. He's shocked when he sees me Monday because I looked all horrible. I end up getting a haircut over the weekend. I buy a suit over the weekend. Wow. I'm looking so sharp when he sees me. And so he's he's impressed when he sees me on Monday. And so he's like kind of laughing because he has a younger son too. So he puts me next to his younger son. I don't even have a desk yet. He's like, Mish, can you order the desk? If you guys know him, you'll know exactly who that is. And, and, uh, she ends up ordering me the desk. Like I, so I'm working at like on like a, somebody else's desk in the meantime and stuff. Like it was so not supposed to happen. It was just, right. a, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm working for free and I don't really care, whatever. And so I'm getting there and he's just like, they don't really know what to make me do because they, it was just, they weren't planning on it. So they're like, do this. And then I would stay all day. I would come in earliest at like 8 a.m. 
which was earliest in that office. And then I would leave at like nine. I would stay all night and all day until like nine, I would stay. And then I remember he was obviously used to being the owner. He was obviously used, used to being the last one to leave. So then he would leave. He would be leaving and he would look and be like, what is this kid still doing here? Still doing here at like 630. He was leaving. And I was just like, and I would just, I, I just, I wanted him to look at me and see that I was here. I wanted him to know how serious I was taking this. And I remember it had I have been like goosebumps from that. Well, it was crazy. I remember so specifically, they gave me this task. I wouldn't stop doing the task until it was done. I just wouldn't stop. It was like copy and pasting data into like spreadsheets. And I just did it all. And he's like, do it for this whole area. And I remember I finished it all in two weeks. And I remember the, the meeting, the son brings me to the dad's office and he, he's like, dad, he's done. And he's like, what do you mean he's done? And he's like, he's done. And they're talking to each other and I'm just sitting there like, like, oh, fuck it. I thought this was going to last a month. Yeah. I was like, what's next? And I'm God, so man, excited. I, no, I what was laughing. Doing? I was proud that yeah, they're, yeah, cause yeah, I yeah. saw the shock on their face of how quickly I finished, you know? And so then he's just like, what do we do? They're like literally brainstorming in front of me. Like, what do we make them do next? Right. But they were so impressed at how quickly, because his dad was like, didn't we try to get this done for the past like six months and nobody got it done? And it was just that nobody put in that many hours on that task in such right. a short period of time. And they were, so they were just like, okay, this kid's, this kid's like, he's a special kid. Like he's obviously has like work ethic, like nobody else. Maybe he doesn't know, he does, he obviously doesn't know anything about real estate, but he has work ethic. So they go, so his son goes, well, why don't we make him call properties and try to find us deals? And then he goes, yeah, okay, let's do it. So then boom, all of a sudden now I'm sales guy. I'm promoted and to the only sales guy into the company. In? This is like two weeks in. Two weeks in. And then I find out I'm getting paid and they're paying me like a 40 grand salary. Wow. So I'm, I'm shocked. I'm like, oh my God, I was going to do this for free. This guy doesn't even tell me. Now it's been two weeks. I get my first check. I'm freaking out. I'm like, my life's changing, you know? And then I start doing cold calls for them. I start trying to find deals for them. Yeah. And all this time, I started gaining my confidence back, right? Because now I started having money again. I started getting more in shape. I started going back to the gym. I started eating more healthy. I started being happy. I was learning every day. Every If you're not learning every single day, I'm telling you, you're probably not that happy. Because I was learning so much, I felt so productive. Every day I was talking to my parents about the new real estate stuff that I was learning, the new this. And I was so happy about it. And then, and uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm learning all these things from him. And he's bringing me to meetings of people trying to sell him a $40,000 piece, a 40 million, 40,000, 40 million dollar piece off. of land, 50 million built dollar building. He's even taking me to dinners. He's like, watch me reduce the purchase price by a million dollars. He's like, you want to come to one of the nicest restaurants downtown? Um, Beatrice. Beatrice. Yeah, I told you yeah. this story a hundred times. You want to come downtown Beatrice and watch me reduce the purchase price by a million bucks? I'm like, this is a $25 million piece of land downtown, prime, prime, prime. I'm like, didn't you say that this is the best deal that you've ever gotten in your life? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is going on in this And was this deal living? one that you had? No, this wasn't a deal that, that, that you had set up. It wasn't up. my deal at all. And I'm like, of course I'll come. Again, in this business, everybody looks for those type of steals, just to put a little disclaimer here, and they're like excited to get those type of steals. I personally feel bad. I wouldn't try to reduce 
the price on a deal that's my f- best deal ever. But just to let you know, it's not like I would argue that even though I think that way, everybody kind of thinks I'm stupid for thinking that way in this business because I'm the youngest. They think I'm a young, foolish guy. And it's kind of like it's um, it's not um, – what's the word? Uh, anyways, it's not seen as something negative or bad or mean in the industry at all. Like morally, that's the word I was looking for. Morally, it's not seen as something immoral. It's like getting, It's just business to them and it's that's normal it. to them. Okay. Uh, Adam uh, said something, but I can't see it. An hour. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to finish. We're going to split this thing into two parts anyways, but I'll finish because I'm almost done. So then I go. And so then anyways, all the, I'm learning so much. I'm, I'm, things are going crazy. And I remember... I started as I, I was as I was saying before. I'm starting to get more confident. I'm starting to believe in myself more. I'm starting to be happier, and so I start thinking to myself, "Hey, maybe let me try reviving this Amazon business that I had." Long story short, I was spending one or two hours a week on the Amazon business, but because I was so not focused on it, I wasn't trying every day sitting at the computer thinking, "What can I do to make money now." I was only doing the essential components of that business. So all of a sudden, the Amazon business starts doing better than it was ever doing because I wasn't play, fucking with the ads. I wasn't fucking with the things. I was letting, giving it time to, I was giving, getting like a week or two of data before I would change or before I would change the next day, but the data was lagging. So I didn't have the right data before right. I was making the changes. So, be, so then that was another lesson to me. I was thinking, oh my God, you, you get so into things and you have like blinders on and you don't realize that you're making all these mistakes. But now I started to realize it with the Amazon business. And then it's so funny. I, st- I committed to buying another condo because I was just so confident, but I didn't have the money to buy the condo because all that's 40 grand salary after tax was my expenses. I just finally was able to pay my expenses without having to sell a bunch of stuff that I had. And so I commit to buying this condo and I don't have the money. And my mom's like, how are you going to buy this condo? You don't have the money. My dad's like, same thing. You know, how are you going to buy this condo? You're not going to have the money. And I was like, you know, I'm going to figure it out. I was so into like manifesting and stuff. And I was finally confident. And mind you, throughout this whole process, I'm still in touch with that monk. I love him. And I'm still in touch with him to this day, by the way. Yeah, I know. And then, <clears throat> and anyways, so I commit to buying this condo. And I tell my mom, like, I'm going to put 5% down. So I need 20 grand to buy this condo. And she goes, you're never going to get 5% down. You already did it last time. You're never going to qualify. I'm like, watch me do it. Okay, watch me, watch me, watch me. I call a mortgage broker. She agrees she's going to get me 5% down. I'm like, don't don't waste my time. If you're not 5% down, I'm not buying. It has to be 5% down. She's like, I got you. Don't worry about it. I'm like, okay, fantastic. I end up pursuing it. It's looking good. My mom's co-signing on the mortgage though because I don't have enough money to qualify. So I was lucky to have a mother that would co-sign my mortgage. Right. And... And so it's looking good and we're going to qualify for the 5% down. But now I don't have the 20 grand. So what do I start doing? I start putting all my expenses on my credit card and I start keeping all the salary in my checking account. So my checking account's growing every month, but my credit card's getting uh, like my credit card debt's going up and up and up. And I had high limits because I would just do crazy stuff and get high limits. And well, high limits at the time I thought they were high. It was like 15, 20 grand of credit card limits. And so... I'm putting all this money in credit card debt and it's basically my credit card debt is like the same amount as my checking because... And you weren't paying it? And I wasn't paying... Well, I was paying the minimums. I was really good with my finances and I would pay the minimums. And at first when you pay interest... Well, now I know why your credit score is not that good. 
Well, my credit cards are amazing, actually. Joking. No, but I'm the other day I was re- realizing BorrowWell has tells me my shitty credit score. When I got in the mail from the States because I got a credit card, they gave me my credit score and it was really good in the States. It was like, yeah, no, I know. Anyways, I'm, just, I'm just joking. But no, why my credit score was actually so good is because I never missed a payment and I was so strategic about it that what the first times you get, it was the first time in my life they ever charged me interest on my credit card. Okay, so what did I do? I called them. And I said, look, I have the money in my checking. I'm obviously going to pay it. I just didn't know. It's the first time ever. What do they do? They reverse my interest. Reverse my interest. I do that two. I get away with it two times. The second time, they're like, we're not doing it again. So anyways, I'm not even paying interest on my credit card. But I realized that when I buy this condo now, I'm going to have no money and I'm going to have all this credit card debt. I'm fucked. All while this is going on, I'm thinking, how do I make this money? How do I make 20 to 30 grand? How do I do it? How do I do it? I come up to the conclusion. Why don't I try to sell my Amazon business? I tell my mom this again. She laughs in my face. I'll have her on one day. This is all true. She would always laugh in my face when I would tell her all these crazy ideas that I would have because she came from 40 years at RBC. To her, this was all bullshit. Like to her, she was so by the books. It was, this is the way life works. These are the rules. You have to you have to live within the rules of the world that, that was put around you. That was her. It was so... She went to university. She graduated. Yeah. She went to one job. She worked there her whole life. It was so rigid, her way of thinking. And I would be like, oh, well, uh, I want that. I'll just skip that and do that. I want this. I'm going to grab this. I'm going to do this. Yeah, for me, it was time, like bro. there was no rules yeah. for me in life other than legal rules, you 100%. know? 100%. So and you so, end up building this credit card debt and then you I end up, up deciding saving. I'm going to sell my business. And so my Amazon business and my mom laughs in my face. Yeah, right. You're ever going to sell it. It's worth nothing. You know, I end up Googling selling my, my online business, selling my Amazon business. I find a site The I call, I call the guy on the site. He goes, yeah, we'll sell your business for like 30 G's. I'm like 30 G's today. I'll sell my business for 30 G's, you know, yeah, yeah. but the revenue is 30 G's. So for him, he was like, you're going to sell it for your revenue? Like this is for sure it's going to sell and it's going to be the cheapest business. I end up selling the business and the day that I close on the property, I close. I finally close, but the the, the Amazon business doesn't sell yet, right? So I close and I have $0 in my checking and I have 20 something thousand of credit card debt. And I go to bed that night and I'm, I'm like, oh, this is a horrible, like I'm so happy I just bought my property, but... I don't know what to do, but I knew that the Amazon business was going to close the next day, but I didn't really know if it was going to close. He could still have backed out, whatever. I wake up the next day, boom, my checking is filled from the Amazon sale that ends up going through. I was so damn happy. Wow. I take it all. I pay off all my credit card debt and I I just, I did it. I literally committed to buying this condo, had no plans at all. That's amazing. That's crazy getting the money it was the craziest thing ever and i end up telling my mom i did it i told you i would do it i told you i'd do it i'd sell the amazon and she was just like shocked she was like how the hell how the hell did this guy pull this off amazon's business still up no yeah i checked he's the guy he's done he's that guy yeah i don't know why he bought it i think he just had a lot of money it was like 30 g's to him he didn't shiny spoon syndrome baby but long story short you sell it you buy the property Sell that by the property. And now I'm like, okay, my life has changed. I have my property. I end up moving into that house. I'm learning about real estate. And then I'm almost done here. I'll end it around here because it's going to conclude when I start my current business. So then everything's going great. I'm, I brought like $50 million of deals to this company. 
and they're closing and we're about to negotiate my fee on them. So I'm thinking I'm going to make $500,000 because I was told I was going to make 1% but off the deal. So 1% of 50 million, I was going to make 500K. And I was like, even if they pay me half, like 250 grand, I'm, I'm laughing, you know? In the end, the negotiations finally come and there was a miscommunication between the son and his father. And the father is like, there's no way we're paying you that much. You would be the highest paid person in the whole office like you think our employees that have been here for 20, 30 years, you think they're going to quit the second they hear yeah, that you got paid that much. It makes no fucker. sense. And then I'm like, but if I'm a broker, I would get paid like double or triple this amount. Right. And they're like, yeah, but you're not a broker. And I was like, so you're telling me if I made these calls from home that you would pay me that amount for these deals. He's like, yeah. I'm like, I love you guys so much. I'm so grateful. I never expected to leave here. I was just going to like devote the rest of my life to like partnering with you guys on deals. And like, I was just too grateful to them, but I just was like, I'm in this position where why, how, like, I remember telling him, I'm like, I need to retire my mom. And he's like, what do you mean you need to retire your mom? I'm like, I need to retire my mom. Like I have to retire. And he's just laughing. He's like, you don't need to retire your mom. You're 20 something years old. You don't need to retire your mom, dude. Yeah. Focus on your own life. I'm like, no, I, I just have to retire my mom. Yeah. So then, Ends up, I leave super peacefully with them and I start my own business. And then that's my current business, investingrealestate.com. That's where it all begins. And that's where it all begins. And then investingrealestate.com, basically what we do now is we buy and sell industrial properties of 10 to $100 million and more. But it's not often that we do, obviously, deals above $100 million. Well, I've never done a deal above $100 million, if I'm being honest. But we do, like, average transaction size is probably 20, 25 million. Right. And I was, I was introduced to that realm of real estate from this guy. So that was what was normal to me. That was all I knew. And I realized, why would I sell a condo? How many condos? I have to sell a million-dollar condo, which is a, a expensive condo, right, in Montreal. I have to sell 25 of those to get the same amount of money that I would get from selling one of these industrial buildings. Why would I ever do that? Exactly. So then, and That's then, why I got to go to New York. Yeah, that too. And then... That's why I'm going to Florida. And then I was selling those things. And now I'm actually buying for myself as well with partners that I'm meeting in these, uh, like that I'm meeting. And, and basically I also act as the buyer in all my transactions because I know I negotiate on behalf of the buyer all the time. And then I'll either take a fee or I'll stay on as a minority equity partner. And, um, anyway, so that's my current business. And I, I should I go into when I almost went out of business with this business too, or should I save that for another time? I think that's another, I think, I think we can, we're going to cut another. this up anyways, but yeah. I'll, I'll save that for another episode. I would say let's do it in another episode. I think we're pretty much done. One episode I'll devote exact, like only to yeah. my business. And let's make sure that we cut these parts out. Yeah. We could cut these parts Just cause out. it sounds shit. Yeah. I like even Adam at the one hour one, cut it out. Just because it doesn't, it doesn't flow. So good. just put a note for this. Yeah, uh, I already put a note for the ID for the hour and then we'll put one for now. Yeah, okay, just, thanks. Yeah, just those ones. So let me just finish it. So then so then I'll, I'll do a whole other episode on my business. On When I started my business, I I literally had I had the money that I got paid out from that other job because they ended up still paying me out a good amount of money, like 50, 60 grand or something. So I used all that money as startup capital for this company. And again, I was learning from all these failures over time. So in the end, it was nothing, nothing was wasted. I was still learning uh, like from all my failures. And so now I realize now I have the capital. I could start my business. I have, I have a comfortable amount of capital. 
And I'll, I'll explain to you about how I almost, I end up, I almost end up, this business almost ends up not working and I almost ran out of money starting this business. Insane. I'll go through all that on another episode. And, um, and then fast forward though, I have this business. My brother works here on salary. My mom, I retired her on salary. She works from home. She comes in one day a week, does whatever she wants, takes whenever time she wants. And two years ago at the time from when I retired her, that was when I was in the office telling the guy I had to retire my mom. Think about that. There's no way I would have retired my mom if I wasn't delusionally thinking that I would when I had no money. All of a sudden, I figured out solutions to getting that money to retire my mom. You just got to believe. You got to believe in the vision. You got to believe in the vision and you got to stick through it. Tough times make strong men. Exactly. And women. Exactly. And it's exactly what I said on the last episode. Because I was thinking that about like how could I because I was asking myself how could I do these things I ended up getting answers and solutions to those problems if I just said it's never going to happen until later well then there's no way my brain would have ever came up with a solution I could not agree more it's like the road less stupid 100% you got to ask questions that's all it is Mm -hmm. all it is in a day to day is asking yourself the proper questions and executing and these questions are not complicated I find I've and I'm sure a lot of people have done it where you're like, it can't be that simple. Like just make a hundred cold calls every day for like a month. It can't be that simple to fucking close a deal. It is, but no one wants to do it because doing a hundred cold calls sucks or doing a hundred video pitches or doing a hundred DMS. It sucks, but there is no, there's no Da Vinci code. There's, there's no special message. It's just, Timing, opportunity, and luck. That's what it is. You seize, you hit someone, they're looking for it. And that's why the more you do, the more chances you're going to hit it on that individual that's looking for it. Exactly. Nothing more complicated. So that's why you just got to believe, persist, and ask yourself the the proper questions. A hundred percent. And I'll end it on this, okay? A little story to just add to your point that you're saying right here. And I just want to kind of give some, like, whoever's listening to this and they stayed to this point, I'm going to give you like a little golden nugget, Okay. I would say if you're going to look at my story and think about how you could apply this to you, if you're thinking right now, oh, well, he's lucky. You got introduced to that guy. I would never get introduced to that guy. Trust me, you won't because you think that way. Start changing the way you think first and foremost and think, who could I meet? Who could I surround myself? Who could I ask that would help me introduce me to somebody that could potentially teach me how to make money? Right. Start thinking like that. Look for those for that person. Okay, it might take months. You're going to find that person, okay? When you find that person, fuck the money. Learn everything that you can from that damn person, okay? Then when you get that opportunity and you're there, okay, you know nothing compared to that person, okay? You need to be working so damn hard. It doesn't make any sense. You you need to be working so hard that you're questioning your, your existence. Right. That's how hard I was working. It made no sense. I would look myself in the mirror like, what am I doing with my, like, what am I doing? I'm so exhausted. That's how hard you need to be working. And even then, I remember there were certain times where I would tell them, why don't we buy this? Why don't we do this? And they would rip me so hard to shreds. And at the time I was thinking, why are they doing this? And I felt so bad. I was so embarrassed that they would, sometimes I'd be embarrassed in front of the whole office. But now I realize it's because they're worth so much money. You know how stupid I sound to them? And they're thinking, why would I waste my time teaching this idiot 
Why do when think- he's so, I'm telling you, that is how do you, you think, think it's the money, you- or do you think it's more just he, this guy just isn't as educated as us? Well, regard- who? Like the guys when, when you're bringing that, it's not that it's not that they're looking down like this guy's poor. It's just like they're they're looking like this guy clearly hasn't learned enough. The thing the is, deals. it's not worth their time. It's whatsoever. just not worth their time. They're Absolutely. not saying like I'm a stupid person, but they're saying like the level I'm at is like being with a stupid person. It's like yeah, I'm young, exactly, but it's like you're just it's like making mistakes that it's like no, you can't do. Yeah, that, exactly. Right? It's just so obvious to them that they don't exactly. even know where to begin to explain to me. So they just kind of get frustrated and say like, I'm not dealing with this yeah. kid. And every time that would happen, because that's gonna happen to you if you're if you want to shortcut all the process to making money this is one way you're gonna be stupid in front of these people so you got to be prepared that they're gonna get frustrated eventually and they're gonna lash out and say this is a waste of time this kid's stupid and every time that that would happen i would stay up all night i would work extra on the weekends and i would teach myself i would try to teach myself more and more and then i'd come back and then they'd say they'd say something to me and i'd be like well this is no it's like this no it's like that no i think like this no i think like that and they'd be like this kid, that's nuts. They're like, this, this the other week, we thought this guy was retarded. Right. He didn't know any of these things. And now all of a sudden he comes in and he's actually able to discuss these things with us. That, to me, I know for a fact, I never asked them, but I know for a fact that they they kept giving me the time of day because they saw how much effort and time I was putting in to improve, you know? And so that's what you need to do. And then eventually, whether you stay with them forever or not, the knowledge that you gain from somebody that's making hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars, or even tens of millions of dollars, it will, it's invaluable. There's no college education that somebody's going to get that's going to get the experience that I had dealing with them. There's just no chance. The meetings that I sat in on, the stuff that I was able to learn. And then fast forward, this company was able to close $250 plus million of deals in the last like year or two. We're probably the number one, one, not number one, sorry. We're probably top five industrial in industrial real estate transactions in the city of Montreal. Do you know wow. how insane that is? It's insane. It doesn't make any sense, but it's because I jumped all that and I continue to put in the effort necessary to like stay at that level. And now, mind you, I don't learn as much every single day, which I need to be learning more, but it's just to say that I, end, I, I skipped, there's people in this game for 30 years, they never even do a transaction like that. Right. For us, it's like normal. We won't even look at a, a smaller, tra- small like tiny little transactions. Right. So it's just, that, I'll end off on there. Keep it up. You two, you two next is going to be your and story. And everyone else so listening. Hope everyone, you're ready. Everyone listening, just keep it up. Keep going. Keep striving. You'll make it. Yeah, keep pushing. If you don't give up, you either make it or you'll die, right? So...